David Chance presents to you the morning meetup. Do you have an idea you need to get off the ground? Are you a small business owner looking to earn supplemental income or replace your current income? Come and join the most amazing mentorship and accountability group for entrepreneurs live with David Shans himself. That's right. This is not pre-recorded and it's not a replay. This is live every morning, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern. In addition to the live calls, you'll also receive a weekly individual Q&A call, a private Facebook community, access to all call replays, and access to David's list of resources and contacts you need to be in an environment of success so head over to themorningmeetup.com today for your one dollar seven day trial that's right just one dollar for seven days of access to the morning meetup take massive action towards manifesting your dreams today themorningmeetup.com and three two one you're listening to the Real Social Proof Podcast with Mr. Sleepers for Suckers himself, David Shands. Let's get it. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of the Social Proof Podcast, man. We have David and Donnie. Donnie and David is here. I'm really excited about this episode. Why? Because we don't have a guest. It's always good when we don't have a guest as much as it is good when we do have a guest. That's a whole fact. That's yeah. a whole fact. I think we drop bars. We do. We Absolutely. do. You know, it's um, it's just interesting, this journey of um, podcasting, where you get to get your thoughts out. You get your thoughts out to people, and it becomes a culture because we're, you know, dropping with a regular cadence, and people come to expect it. And yeah. maybe some people who um, follow you that didn't know me, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a new experience. And people that follow me didn't know you. Mm-hmm. It's a new person to follow. We got a different um, dynamic. So I really love this, man. Me too. And you know what else? Podcasting takes guts. You got to be brave yeah. to do a podcast because you're literally being transparent in your thoughts for us on video and audio. Like yeah. once we put it out there, it's out there. Yeah. And we can't take it back because people screenshot, they record. We tried one time. Let me tell I y'all, first episode. First it was episode. not the, was it? was the first episode. It was oh, the so first episode. Because it was the dumbest mistake ever. <laughs> and we're not even gonna you bring the so mistake committed. up. So I was so committed. mad, I was so mad. Yeah, and it, 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 it's really cool though because like we are all humans. I wanted like, David to ask, how dare you put that out there with that mistake in there? Well, Donnie, I just thought it was organic. We're all human and we make mistakes. Not that kind of mistake. Yes, it was like that kind of mistake. Here's the cool part. You made a mistake, but you are still a full-time entrepreneur. You're putting your daughter through college cash. You um, stay fly. Like you are financially independent. Like no man is taking care of you. Like no... Your child isn't taking care of like you are a boss and you're killing it. So if we make a mistake, the people, typically the people who point fingers at the people that's making mistakes typically aren't on the level of the person that made the mistake. Let me tell you what that mistake taught me, though. Number one, I was angry. (laughs) I was I was legit mad. Really? Absolutely. I can tell you're mad because you went real quiet. But mm-hmm. I was telling you the no. I'm not like, deleting it. Okay. <laughs> I was like, okay, bye. <laughs> no, but let me tell you what it taught me. We sometimes, as we're building out communities, we get so encapsulated within our own communities and our own circles and bubbles 
that we don't realize that not everybody knows us and not everybody rocks with us like that. So me coming into your community and making a mistake, you know, if that had happened in my community, they'd just be laughing and, ah, Donnie's so human. (laughs) She's so human and she's so transparent. Um, But it happening in your community with these new eyes seeing me and they don't really know. Somebody made an interesting comment on one of our recent episodes that said, well, we kind of read the comments. Oh, I love to read the comments. (laughs) I don't I don't I don't read. I read them for like the first couple of days. Mm. Um, I love the comments. And then if they tag me, it comes to my email. So Mm. I see it. And somebody made a comment that said um, (laughs) I was being hard on Donnie in the beginning, but we're used to Dave and just seeing Dave the way that we see Dave. So we had to adjust to her and now she's got to adjust to us. And that's really the truth. Um, So shout out for that comment. But yeah, that that really taught me that you're only the bomb to the people who know you Mm. like you're only by default. Yeah the bomb to the people who know you. So like if you came into my community talking crap and you know, like messing up, they'd be like, yo, who is this dude? Where are his people? Where's his validation at? Um, But to your audience, they love you and you can do no wrong. Same thing to my audience. So this is good in terms of cross kind of like contaminating, so to speak, cross contamination of of me into your audience and you into my audience and let people judge. Um, I also learned that your girl still got thick skin. Mm. I still have thick skin. Like I am uh, really the queen of telling you, like, I don't care what you think. Yeah. I, I just, you know, what you think isn't paying my bills. It's not doing this. But when you don't have people really criticizing you on an open public platform, like the video has thousands of views. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when you when you're not used to people criticizing you, are you really do you really not care what people think about you or do people never really communicate that they don't think well of you? Mm. So that taught me that your girl still got thick skin. Oh, I don't though. Like I, I care what people think and it, it will, it'll keep me up all night. Mm -hmm. Like I really, I really genuinely care what people think about me and it drives me crazy if people don't like me. People have, my care has to be qualified. Like number one, who, who is this person that doesn't like me, mm-hmm. right? What, what do you have going on in mm-hmm. your life? And what are you judging, what, what, what criteria are you judging me from, mm-hmm. right? So those things make a difference. I don't wanna seem cold, like I just walk with this air and I don't care what anybody has to say. That's not true. Like mm-hmm. I care what people, I care what qualified people think about me. Mm-hmm. And qualified people um, for me are people who, are are focused on growing and helping you to grow, mm-hmm. like critiquing you with a purpose, mm-hmm. right? Not somebody who's just gonna like troll you and you know, you spend more time trolling me than you spend growing you. Yeah. That's a problem. Um, and, and those people, uh, they're not qualified to judge me. Yeah, right? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to control my I'm trying to control that about me. So there was a person that commented, and you know, people always comment like, "Oh, you and you and Donnie, y'all like there's a there's a connection there, stuff like that." I wrote this whole little to a reply. I was like, first off, Donnie is my wife's coach, and they talk, and me and Donnie been rocking for years. It's never been nothing. And you do you know that a man and a woman can have a platonic relationship? And that, I wrote this whole thing, and then I read it, and. I deleted it because in my mind, I just heard the person reply to, 
yeah, all right, bro, it's there. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I was about to write this whole thing. Yeah. And I just I just had a feeling that he was going to reply, I don't know, bro. It's happening. You know what? <laughs> like, I write this whole thing. It, and and that's, that's, that's funny. So in that, because those comments have been happening for years, since 2014, people have thought you and I had something going mm, on. Right. David and I have... Never, never a flirt, never nothing. a flirt. And we we do go out. So you, just for those of you, we, you'll see us. We do go to lunch. We would mm. have dinner. We're usually talking business. Um, his wife is very aware. We're usually calling her from the restaurant. Like, do you want something? Right, right, right. <laughs> and what was funny is I was texting you last night and I was sending you the throwback videos from us. And there's one where we're scooting together close. Right. And you were doing something to my hair, acting like a child. Um, and, and literally Dre, his wife was sitting right here and you can hear her in the background say, no, David, get closer. Mm-hmm. Y'all got to stop with this foolish stuff. And it's, it's re- because if Dre wasn't as strong as she was, mm-hmm. and if she had not been in this environment and if my situation wasn't what it was, yeah. people can really like destroy. Yeah opportunities it's not even because it wouldn't destroy you or me but it could have raised an eyebrow or it can for some people raise an eyebrow to say okay what if what if they said y'all can't work together anymore Mm. now we don't get to impact who we do impact on a positive because people want there to be some type of uh juice they 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 want their they want to something to talk about yeah for sure there ain't nothing to talk about or if if my (laughs) wife were like seeing these comments and it made her feel away. Yeah. You feel me? Like, yo, y'all got to stop it. Come and on. now that we know that your wife is pregnant, it's just not okay. It's not okay. It's but not I, okay. but we know that it's going to happen. Yeah. We know that it's going to happen. Um, we giggle at it now, like behind, y'all see this crazy? You see the stuff? But there's, <laughs> there's so we be laughing at y'all while y'all think y'all hurting us. Right, right. <laughs> Craziness. Talk, talk to me real quick. How was your week? What's going on in your world? Okay, I'll start. Yeah. So um, I got my first vehicle that we're putting on Turo. I see the vehicle outside. We have not had an opportunity to talk about it, but yeah. I did see it on Insta. Did you? How? Maddie posted it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't post it yet. But um, yes, so we got that one. Dre um, is going, she, she wants three more. So we're going to get three more this week. Three more whips? Yeah, so we're going to get a... Three uh, more of those? No, no, no. We're actually going to get a uh, Porsche Cayenne. Okay. We want a Porsche Cayenne. We want... I think she wants to get like a Lexus truck. Okay. Or uh, or a Lexus something. And she wants to get a Toyota Camry to okay. put on Turo. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Don't, don't get a Camry? Why not? Well, and I wanted to ask uh, you, like, yeah. are you looking at the stats from Toro to see what yeah. their most rented cars are? Those mm-hmm. None of those are it. What you mean? Well, so, okay, so it's two part. One, Dre just wants a truck. She okay. wants the Porsche. She wants a Porsche. Okay. She, she wants between the Porsche and the Lexus truck. And um, so she's convinced you that we'll cash flow this car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, okay. we'll make enough so she doesn't have to pay it and she can drive the car that she wants to drive. But I don't know, yo, Toyotas, they definitely, those economy cars, they get rented out. They get rented out, so. Yeah, yeah, I don't don't know. We're gonna gonna figure it out, we're gonna figure it out. Well, how does it feel to be driving that that range? I'd much rather be driving my car. 
I'm just so used to my car. I'm not a I'm not a big truck kind of guy. So let me tell you what can happen. I mean, I don't want you to be uncomfortable. I don't. So if it makes you more comfortable, I can take the range until it's leased. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, and, plan, I and I can, I mean, because I'm sure you don't want all these cars like parked at your home. I can hide it in com- inconspicuously in my parking deck. You would do that for me? I would absolutely do that for you. <laughs> in fact, oh. I'll leave my vehicle parked right outside and I'll come back tomorrow somehow. What to have pick I it done up. to deserve friends like you this? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'll do that for you. Yeah, we 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 we, we going to get in the game. I'll, I'll do that for you. We're going to get in the game. Um, actually, I am considering purchasing some inventory for Toro oh, as well. Um, nice. So Maddie's episode is uh, bars. Oh, that joint's crazy. Always bars. That joint's crazy. Yeah, he's really he he literally knows everything about the business. Absolutely, everything about. But the Maddie business. is that way. He laser focuses on something, and mm-hmm. he's going to get into the weeds and learn every single detail. But yeah. that's why he generates the success that he does. Yeah, for sure. Forty something cars on Toro. Some of them are long term renters. Meaning, like, they'll, he also, one of my boys, um, he has, actually, he has a Range Rover, and someone pays him, I think, $2,000 a month. Yeah, just to drive a Range, just and they probably it. can't qualify for it on paper, but they have the cash to do it. All day, every day, yo. All day. So, are you going to ask me about my week? Or? Oh, well, I wasn't done. Okay. So, um, <laughs> we are still going through the plans of the space. I did an investor pitch. So the space isn't a secret anymore. Well, I mean, I still haven't said much about it. You but, just you know. actually did. I mean, I so. said some things like, you know, we got a building, stuff like that, but they don't they don't know just yet. Shan's bought a building. Okay, but go ahead, carry on. The um I did a, an investor pitch. So I asked someone for hundred and fifty thousand dollars and I'm super proud of myself. Who proofread that pitch? Nobody. Here's what's crazy. The person that I pitched is a friend and mentor of mine. So not only is he giving me, not only is he like accepting it, huh? Is it? See? Oh, no, no, oh, okay. no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so no, 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 10 no, no, years no. old right now. No, I'll, 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 I'll share with you. But like, it, I gave him one pitch and then he's like, first off, the pitch was all wrong. You need to do this, you need to do this. And he said, I'm not taking that particular deal. He said, come back with another deal that includes equity. So I came back today, actually. We talked about it. And he said, all right, it's getting better, but we haven't agreed to an equity deal. But he said, on Monday, we'll talk about it again. And he'll come back with an official counter. So what's the minimum investment for an equity deal? This one. Dang. <laughs> because here's Dang. the thing. I, 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 I want the money for the build out. Here's why I'm in a good position though. I'm not chasing the money because I, because I have it. it. Well, no, 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 not, not that I have, not that you know, I, I got it like that, but I'll do it myself. I was I'll go anyway. get the money. Mm-hmm. So I just, I dropped a high ticket program and I had five people do the 5,000. So that's 25,000. Only reason I did the program is to make sure we got more money here, I got some money in the stock market. I'll pull it all out. All of it. I'll Shut it down it. today. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, I got to, uh, I'm going to introduce you to Terica too. We're in a, a real estate deal. I'll, I'll, I'm literally the person that will take everything I have and push all my chips in the middle of the table and say, I'm all in. Let's go. You are. Yep. Mortgage my house and everything. Won't even tell my wife. 
Until now. I'm that guy. Hey, Dre. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I wish you would. I wish you would. Babe, oh, you don't believe in my dream? Forget this house. <laughs> we'll go back to the apartment. <laughs> you know to the apartment. To the apartment. To the apartment. Yeah, man. So, uh, how was your week? My week was my week was good. Okay. Um, my week was much better than last week, and I think I said I had a good week last week because I was just kind of speaking it right. into existence, but my dog was very, very sick. Your dog's always sick. No, no. He's got issues. Um, I rescued him about seven years ago. He was hit by a car in front of me. So he's got this fractured leg and maybe five years ago now he went blind. He's like, we're guessing around nine, maybe 10 years old. And the vet's saying that it's not anything related to his age because his breed can live for a long time. Um, but poor baby, he's just had issues since I got him. Like he was literally hit by a car. And then now I believe that he had some underlying health issues that because he wasn't chipped, we couldn't track his medical records mm. and now they're like speeding up. So he has a heart condition. And so when, wow. when, when I say he's always sick, it's always something that is a result of this heart condition, but it, he's, he's not well enough to really um, go through a permanent fix, which requires like surgery gotcha. and anesthesia. So he was really, really sick last week. I honestly thought it, it was the time before the last, they told me to start considering his, quality of life and maybe think about, you know, maybe I would have to lay him down. And I'm like, but he's still very active and right, he's right. wagging his tail. So I didn't listen, thankfully, because he went right back to himself. But then he got sick last week and he wouldn't eat. He wouldn't use the bathroom. He wouldn't drink water. And it just turned out that there was another infection that came up. And they, since they've treated the infection, he had a, um, a urinary tract infection. Mm. And so since they've treated that now, um, He's much better this week, so I'm happy good, again good. because that's like that's like my little dude. He's like oh, my man. my baby. Yeah, for sure. He is. No, I love my dog, and I'm not even a pet person, mm -hmm. but I'm I'm his pet person. Yeah, yeah, because oh, you know. Anyway, I'll be praying for your dog. Thank you for praying <laughs> for my dog. So with that being said, I, I've had an exceptional week. I'm gonna be really honest with you. Um, this week has been super unproductive for me in business. Really. Wow. Yeah, I think maybe because um, so my dog isn't allowed in my bedroom for several reasons. Number one, he's blind and there's a lot of things in my room where he could hurt himself. Um, but he will try to jump on the bed and my bed is up high. And if he tried to get down in the middle of the night, he'll hurt himself. Um, it's just too far of a jump for him blind. The dog is blind and he'll jump on the bed? Yeah, he'll jump on the bed because he remembers prior to being blind. Like he can still, my daughter will allow her him to sleep in her bed. So he remembers, he can jump up on her bed just fine. Um, she's had that bed for about four years. So he remembers what it's like to jump up on that bed. Does he like touch the bottom of the bed to like kind of feel what's going on? Oh, then, absolutely. So okay. he can, you know, her comforter is really big. So it hangs kind of off the bed and he'll like. Yeah, no lie. If you, hold the, if you hold the comforter up. And he he'll feels jump. the bottom of his jump. He'll jump, yeah. Yeah, but he'll only jump on the bed if he knows that she's in it. Gotcha, right? okay. gotcha, gotcha. Um, and so he has tried a few times to jump on mine, and he just, and my bed is too high, mm -hmm. and you just can't. And I don't do animals in the bed. And mm -hmm. for all you animal lovers, that's just my thing. Mm -hmm. Dogs go outside and step in their poop, not getting in my bed, okay? Right. So anyway, um, I think because I slept last week every day until Yesterday, I slept on the sofa every single day, and I have the most uncomfortable sofa on planet Earth. Mm. 
Um, really, really beautiful to look at, but that thing is not comfortable. And maybe it's because I wasn't getting the best sleep, like waking up to check on him, make sure right, he was right, breathing. Right. So anyway, I've been catching up on rest. Um, so you've been chilling? Not intentionally. Like in my head, it's been like, Donnie, snap out of this. You got work to do. Yeah. So I've been still, you know, doing my coaching calls and my stri- but the extra stuff. Like, you know, I'm a workaholic. Yeah. So all that extra stuff that I do throughout the day, I have not done. So um, it's necessary sometimes. I think it's necessary. Yeah. The good news is, you know, we don't lose any any money behind that. Be- yeah. We don't lose any bread because systems are in place. However, um, I do feel guilty when I want to work and I'm not working. Now, yeah. if I were on vacation and I didn't want to work, I don't work. Yeah. But I actually want it yeah. to work. You know how it is when you sleep late yeah. and you want to get out of the bed, For but sure. you just can't sure. get your, you, you feel guilty. You know anyway. what I did? Uh, I, 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 was, I was talking to a gentleman I'm actually an interview, I think, where he said um, he he got to a level of success and he said, oh, so this was it. He's in the real estate and he said real estate just got boring because it's a very boring business. He said you got, you know, he's got 500 units and it's like the money is not a whole lot for him to do. You hire a property manager and it's, it's like for the lifestyle, the money just comes in. Yeah. So there there's there's got to be another giant to slay yeah because it just it just gets mundane and boring because the systems are in place so um i think a a lot of us entrepreneurs have that healthy healthy um grind in us yeah well for for what we do it's not as boring as real estate right we still get to hit it every day and go at it so yeah man and it was important i wanted to be transparent and say that because um, people have this picture that entrepreneurship is busy, 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 busy mm-hmm. all day, every day. And though it may seem to like your your significant other that you're busy all the time, it's not really like you really get to balance it how you want to balance yeah. it, right? Um, and for me, it took for me for a long time, it 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 took work and personal development work to understand that if I wasn't working that day, I'm still a business person for sure i'm still a businesswoman i sure. get to take breaks Absolutely. so this has been kind of my um i asked myself for permission to take off this week and i did you deserve it I did. you deserve it so if you don't mind um i'd like to do something different today like what i think it would be totally cool to interview you me you i've got a cool story I could be on the Social Proof podcast. I do. Can I've you, done some stuff. Can you drop Social Proof on the Social Proof podcast? I think, yeah, I think I've I've done enough, right? To be on the can I be on the show? Like a lot, a lot of entrepreneurs hit me. I'm sure you get it too. Like, yo, I like to be on the show. So, like, Donnie, can I be on your show, man? I, you can be on the show. Listen, okay. I think it's important. In all seriousness, your your audience has grown so much right um there are people who have been in your community for years who know all about your story but there's other people who are just recently becoming a part of your community who just think you're the cool content guy Mm -hmm. but where did he start right so i think we need to talk about david shans today let's do it and i'm asking tough questions i got i got answers let's go okay all right so first of all um for everybody, tell us tell us who you are. Who is David Shans? Hey guys, my name is David Shans. I am an entrepreneur. I have a podcast called Social Proof Podcast. I am a podcaster, but I teach entrepreneurs entrepreneurship, man. I just remember 
the time when I wanted to be a, a, a successful entrepreneur so bad and I just didn't know what to do. I mean, I tried everything. I just tried everything. And I realized that a major key to it all is just sticking and staying to one thing and being consistent. So I started a t-shirt brand called Sleep is for Suckers. Oh, wait, slow down. You've done a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Um, Where did it start, though? You didn't start with a t-shirt brand called Sleep is for Suckers. I did. I started as a kid in Walmart. Well, I mean, yeah, so I was in Walmart. And me and my mom went down this um, this aisle, and it was like, I'm, I'm just, I think I, I got some money for my birthday or something. I don't know what it was. But I had some money, and I was like, wow, they had like this, I don't know if it was like a five pound bag, like a big bag of Jolly Ranchers. And I said, it's a lot of Jolly Ranchers. I won it, because I'm a kid, and these kids like that kind of stuff. But I'm like, yo, I, I wonder how many are in the pack. So I turn it around and I look at the amount. The only subject I've ever been good in was math. That's it. English, social studies, science, all that stuff, trash. But math, I get it. So there's a certain amount on there. And um, I started thinking to myself, if I sold these Jolly Ranchers for 10 cents, how much money would I make? Mm-hmm. Or I make at least enough to pay for the bag that I could eat the rest of myself. Mm-hmm. So I bought it and started selling Jolly Ranchers in school. So at that time, you were learning how to turn a liability into an asset. I was trying to figure out how to eat candy for free. But what you were actually doing (laughs) was turning a liability into an asset, and you didn't even really know it. My liability being my habit of candy. Your liability being the money that you spent on really a a useless habit. That's fact. That's fact. Yep. Now. Oh, so I was... I've been I've been a business main for a year for years then. Main, Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> asset. See, mom, see these Jolly Ranchers. It's an asset, but it could be a liability if you eat them. But if I sell them, it's an it's asset. Asset. <laughs> it's asset. Right. So you you really because there are some people who are born with certain habits and certain genetic makeup, right? And you don't realize until much later in hindsight. Like you mm. don't have that epiphany to say, wow. I was doing that way back then. Yeah. Like what made me think of. Like why consent, Why yeah. are you a kid looking at the quantity of Jolly Ranchers and yeah. saying, man, if I sell these, then I can pay for my habit. Yeah. That's essentially what you for did. Sure, right. Sure. So what do you think? Uh, what, what was your your beginning um, like for you to even think that way? Like, did you learn that type of behavior in the home or was there a teacher who would make you critically think that way? Um my father for sure he um he was he's always been an entrepreneur i didn't before i knew what an entrepreneur was but he had this office and he used to sell nature sunshine he was actually in a network marketing and in his office he'd just have these pills like i'm talking about pills and pills and pills it's just everywhere and he make us take the stuff and i'm like all right dad it's just a, i don't think it works like it's a, it, it, i i was a kid knowing that out thinking that like yo that's a placebo now as a kid i don't know if i know i was like yo this stuff don't work you know here's the thing one of my friends mike mike driver he took it one time because you know this pill's supposed to give you energy and he was like yo let me get some and he took it he said man just wait till this capsule breaks in my stomach it's going down <laughs> i was like yo what are you talking about but my dad he you know these people would come by he do um he was an iridologist where he look in your eye and he could see what's wrong like he looked at my eye one time and grabbed my foot and squeezed a little part of my foot and I was like, oh, that hurts. 
He said, I know. Like it, it was real. He was he was he was just an amazing person. But um, he just he he believed in working for it. Like yo, you can always make some money. Don't just ask me for money. What are you gonna do for this money? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you grew up in a household where your father was an entrepreneur and your mom corporate. My mom, she never really held the job down long. I don't think. Maybe she had a job. I don't. I know she had jobs because she would come home around six o'clock. Okay. Yeah. So but I don't, you don't know really what she know was what on. she did. I don't know what she did. I just know my dad was always at the crib. Do you <laughs> right. And do you think that that seeing that and not really knowing what your mom did for work, but you know that your dad works, right? Yeah. Do you think like me knowing you now, I know that you always like joke around with Dre like, "Yo, why do you want to work? What, what are you doing? What what is this? Right. What is this little project you're doing?" <laughs> right? Do you think that that influenced your thoughts on your wife? working like a, a, a real laborious job? Um, yeah, I, th- I think all of our experiences, experiences shape our outlook on life. So um, watching my mom kind of bounce around in jobs, watching my dad um, like dress up on a, a Wednesday night and like play like Sade and he'd have this board out with the markers and he'd tell us to go upstairs and not make a sound. Say, yo, do not make I'm not playing with y'all. And I didn't know what he was doing, but I just remember people would come over to the living room and he'd just do these in-home presentations. So me me watching it, and I didn't realize he was in network marketing until I was inviting people to my house and my <laughs> little like, cousins yeah. was at my house. They were like real little. I'm like, yo, go upstairs. Don't make a sound. I said, oh, crap, my dad was in network marketing. And then I called him. I said, dad, were you, were you at MLM? Were you recruiting people? <laughs> He said, yeah. He was doing and I was like, meetings. oh, wow. That's cr-. He was doing home meetings. Yeah. That's crazy. Yep. So, You've done a few home meetings. Oh, yeah. Done a bunch <laughs> of Absolutely. You definitely picked it up. Now, did you go to college at all? Yeah, I went to Alabama A&M Bulldog. Went there for about two years. Mm-hmm. About three semesters altogether, probably. Okay. Yeah. Why just three? College just wasn't my thing. Um, I, I don't think we had the money to pay. For, I want to say something happened where they gave me too much of a refund and then expected me to pay back the money they gave me extra. Part of the game oh, is we're out of here. <laughs> you gave me the money and you want me to just give it back to you? It was your mistake. And then I think they kicked me out for a semester. And I went home um, back to Georgia and I was, I was working at a car wash. I think I was doing another MLM at some point. And then I saved enough money to go and pay my balance. Then I came back the next semester and then eventually dropped out after that. Did you ever have, like, have you ever had a resume? A what? (laughs) Nah, man. (laughs) You never had a job that required a resume? Nah. You don't even know what a resume really looks like? Um, I know, you know, a few pages. You know, a few pages? (laughs) So first of all, resumes are typically Job just history. one. <laughs> really? I thought it was like you, you put it in a little folder. You put it in a little folder? Yeah, you know, like the, on the movies. <laughs> Why would you try to go get a job with a portfolio? Well, it depends on the type of job that. No, bro. Look at the movies. They all, when they're sitting in line, they got their little packet. They got the little folder. Well, sometimes. You don't put an no, application I mean, in a, a job applicant would carry their resume in something professional so that it's not all wrinkled but, but anyway. it's pretty much like your what school you went to what jobs you've had before and you're you know what you do like your skills right 
Yeah. Um, so you've never, <laughs> never for the, for the most guys. part. Yeah. I, th- I, th- I think it's really cool. We've, we've talked about this before that you've never, um, you've never had a, what people would consider a corporate job, right? right. You've always done, um, like the car wash and you worked at Walmart. I did work at Walmart. I mean, I worked at Walmart. All right, let me give you all my jobs. I worked at Foot Action when I was 15. I lied on the application, but they gave me the job, best job in the world. Then I worked at this, um, like the Turnpike, like selling ice cream. We stole a lot of money from there. It was crazy. Anybody's watching this from Willowbrook, New Jersey, you know you work at the Turnpike. You make, like we were making doctor money every day with cash. We were stealing at a high level. Have we checked the laws to make sure statute of limitations? No, actually, one of my, I think one of my friends got on probation for it. I actually ruined the opportunity for everybody. I was the person that got caught. You were bringing everybody in? No, I was the one that got caught. And then they started putting cameras and checking everybody. So I was the decline. I apologize. So Turnpike, I mean, I worked at, you know, a car wash. I worked at Walmart. I worked at KFC. Wow. I worked at KFC. I worked at um, Circuit City. Mm-hmm. I worked at the Circuit City. I worked at Applebee's, Olive Garden, a security job, overnight security. That job was cool. You find somewhere cool to sleep. You get 30-minute breaks. At a t- like, yo, you find little 30, 45-minute naps at a time. But I worked that and Olive Garden at the same time. Um, so I leave off my Olive Garden job, go straight to the security job. Then I went to the Cheesecake Factory and never worked another job. You know, I find it interesting that you are, um, you don't like to refer to yourself as such, but you you are a mogul in the black entrepreneur space for sure, right? You have built this brand and you're, you are becoming a household name, whether you want to accept that responsibility or not. Uh, you've built a seven-figure t-shirt brand and you are an amazing connector of people. You make a lot of money. Why? do you think in your journey, it, it just, it is interesting to me now that uh, you are in this position where you're making all this money, but when you were coming up and you were working jobs, like you always kind of went for minimum wage jobs. What was holding you back from saying, you know what, I'm going to go for an executive level job or were you even old enough to do that? Well, I think in my head, I wasn't going to be there long anyway. Okay. You always knew that. Every job I went to, it was a temporary thing. Like I'm only I'm only here because I'm I'm in a rough position right now. But something is going to work. Were you that guy who was like sleeping on people's sofas, rough nah, position, can't pay bills? Nah, nah. <laughs> well, one summer I did sleep at. So my man uh, DJ Infamous, shout out to Infamous. We we're it was after um, I was still in Alabama, Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, DJ Infamous moved to Atlanta for the summer to do like a summer internship at V103 and I stayed in his room so I didn't sleep on the couch um <laughs> or I I stayed at my mom's house I was never I never I never couch surfed like that you never did that nah. you just didn't really have money I just had a room my cousin I, I went to New Jersey for the summer I'd live with my cousin and we were both in his room and we both had air mattresses, which was odd because this is his house. You supposed to have a bed. Yeah. But shout out, <laughs> out to my cousin uh, and, and, and rest in peace, my uh, my cousin Maul. But um, yeah, I nah, wasn't a couch surfer. So you knew that these jobs were temporary. Was it always that you knew that the jobs were temporary because you knew that entrepreneurship was the, the lane that you were going to go down? Or was it just temporary because you wanted to job hop? Like, where did 
I know that the, the, the t-shirt line came when you were working at Cheesecake Factory, but what made you say, okay, entrepreneur, t-shirts, customize, sell them? Well, it, it wasn't well thought out like that, man. It was really, I just didn't understand. I never really uh, played a long game. It was always to satisfy what I needed at the moment. So I'll get a job because I don't have any money. It's not like I'm getting a job so I can build a career. I never thought career, I never thought long-term. I'm always thinking, get out of my situation right now. And I think it's a lot of people that live like that where I'm in a situation so I have to do something to get out of the situation. Mm -hmm. But those types of moves is what leaves us in the situation that we're in because we're always just chasing to satisfy what's going on now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I just get into the job for that particular purpose and as I'm in that job, something always comes up where I can do better than I'm doing right now. So I'll leave. Mm -hmm. An interesting story with the Cheesecake Factory, I realized that I never kept a job more than 10 months. So my goal was to be there for a year. Mm -hmm. That was my goal. When I got the job, I said, yo, I need to like try to, I need to stay at somewhere. And I remember like literally celebrating me being there for a year. Not because I'm building a career here, but I'm finally becoming mature enough to be consistent at something. How old were you? I was 25. Okay. 25. First time being consistent at anything. Was it like 20 years ago? You think I'm okay? Oh, that was an old <laughs> joke. I get it. All right. All right. I you do it to it. me all the time. All right. So you were 25, you were doing that. Now, at what point though did you Hold say? Oh, no, I left at 25. Okay. I was 22. Wow, hold on. You were there for one year? So I, 2012, I quit. So that was eight years ago. Two years, that would be 10 years ago, 25, four years. So yes, I was 22 when I was 21, turning 22. Okay. Somewhere along there, something inspired you to put graphics on a t-shirt. What happened? Um... I was already painting t-shirts in college. Like I was painting shirts. Like, I'll, you know, if Jovan want his name on there, I make Jovan on a shirt with fabric paint. And uh, I stopped that because again, I had this consistency problem. And um, in college, I made an email that says sleep is for suckers at gmail.com. Don't ask me where I got it from. I think I just made a shirt that says sleep is for suckers. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. I'm making a, a, a email. But I started that and stopped that again. There's a pattern here. I have this pattern. And then I think I started the email again. Somehow, I don't remember why. And I started using it, and I sent it to my man, Tyrell Lewis. And he said, yo, um, he said, sleep is for suckers at Gmail. That's hard. I like that. You should make it a brand. I said, all right, cool. So I started putting it on T-shirts. Dope. I think I know Tyrell. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, or I'm familiar with him. Okay, so you're, you're doing this. You're usually starting stuff. You're stopping stuff. What made you say, you know what? I'm sticking with this. Oddly enough, when I started working at the Cheesecake Factory, I said, I got to get over this 10-month hump, and then I'm going to, like, I got to 12 months. I'm like, I'm there for a year. I'm like, wow, this is, I'm consistent now. And another year passed, and I was there for two years. And that's when I said, wow, I can, I, I like literally proved to myself that I can be 
consistent at something. Then I got to my third year and I'm like, oh wow, I am officially, I got a real, I got a job that I'm holding down for three years. Mm-hmm. And once I started my t-shirt business, I think working at the Cheesecake Factory broke my habit of inconsistency. So once I put my mind to this thing, I said, yo, I'm gonna ride it out and it worked. When did you know that, okay, yep, this is it. I'm, I'm taking this all the way. This is going to help me become a full-time entrepreneur. Like, did you see yourself creating a seven-figure t-shirt brand ever? Like, did you see it? Or did no. you just kind of check your account one day and you're like, wow, we made seven figures Come doing on. this thing. Six figures is the goal, baby. Yeah. Six figures is financial freedom. Okay. Six figures is success. It what is do you success. mean? If I, can, if I can make six figures, my life... I can, I don't have to do nothing for the rest of my life. I can, I'm saving everybody. <laughs> I'm coming back to get everybody. Oh, putting I'm everybody going to get on. a Lambo. I'm just <laughs> going to get a mansion. $100,000 a year. I'm lit. Okay. How long and, did it take you to get to $100,000? Um, so I left my job two and a half years in to me starting my business. And that, uh, like that third year, probably a year after I left, I made six figures. Wow. And were you originally like hustling your t-shirts out of a car, meeting people wherever to pick their shirts up? Absolutely. The grind was real, man. I have a a website for a long time. Mm -hmm. I ain't even trademarked my joint for a while. I I got a design, printed the t-shirts, and started hitting the streets. Mm -hmm. Starting with my coworkers, friends, family, going to barbershops. I'm hand in hand with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you ever want to quit? What? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I want to quit stuff now. I have like we all have this 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 feeling of dang, I should do something else. Mm-hmm. Remember mm-hmm. when we was about to do the? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, we would have yeah. did it. <laughs> Numbers didn't add up. <laughs> Hilarious. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, so you wanted to quit, but you didn't. You've got this successful T-shirt line, um, but because you have now moved on into other ventures. Why wasn't that enough? Like you made the six figures. I mean, it's all it's, it's all relative. It, and anybody that has ever gone after a goal, the what we think in our head the goal is, when we're thinking about it and we're not close to it, it's like um, it's like this big dream. But once you get closer to it, it's not as attractive. Mm. It's not as it's almost like, um, I, 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 I don't know how to explain it, but the closer you get to the goal, you get a job and you're making $30,000 a year. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yo, the managers make 60. Mm-hmm. You be, and you're looking at the managers and you're thinking, yo, manager, you should be happy. Mm-hmm. You should be like, like you're, this is a dream job. But the managers are all sad. They're all upset. They're disgruntled. They're complaining about the job. Mm. Once you get, when you double your income, you go from 30000 to being a manager, making 60000 It's exciting for a little bit because your checks are bigger, but then your lifestyle changes a little bit. And then six months into it, you're like, I need some, oh, if I could be general manager, they make 100 Right. They make 100 So the, our our nature, I believe, is to be unsatisfied with where we are. Because mm. there's always there's always another level. Like the gentleman I was talking about, can you imagine having 500 units in real estate, never have to work, having to work again? Mm. Somebody that maybe- I can't imagine that. Maybe that, right. So maybe that 10 years ago for him, mm-hmm. 
would be the life dream. I get to travel and chill. But now he's like, yo, I got to go build something. Mm. I, yo, he, he started a bank. He doesn't, he doesn't need the money. How much money can you spend? Mm-hmm. Right? So there's always another dragon to slay. Always. You know always. Always. So you have the t-shirts. When we met, this is this is now coming around the time, I believe, that you and I met. We met in 2014. Okay. Um, the first time we worked together, you invited me to join you and Javon and, I believe, uh, several other people on the Black Wall Street tour. Mm-hmm. And we went to Florida. Was you on there, Joe? That was, yes, that was you were. You. you were. We were all on that spirit flight you bought us tickets for. You didn't go. It was like go, 10 of us. You weren't there? I didn't buy y'all tickets. You did. No, I didn't. Y'all you bought didn't? your own tickets. But the tickets were like $40. Maybe so. Yeah. Yeah, Joe wasn't there. Okay. Yeah. You wouldn't have been able to get the $40 ticket then? You got the, you got the $40. <laughs> I mean, you know, we had humble beginnings. We were on spirit. 40 bucks. We was all, yo, and what was so amazing, it was beautiful. We literally probably, it was like 15 to 20 people that flew from Atlanta to Florida to go to a high school to talk to some kids. All day. Crazy. Went back to the airport, left that same day. But it was it was really it was really fun and really impactful. That was my first time seeing you do your thing and really learning your heart for serving, especially youth. And so you're really connected there. I know right now this year with everything that's going on with coronavirus, being able to go and tour and be in the schools um, has shut down completely for you. What's your connection to working with youth and why do you believe so passionately in that? Um, it's, it, it, it's the kids' energy and I remember being a kid with dreams with no examples, you know what I mean? Like, so these kids have teachers that are telling them to do the right thing. And in the kids' mind, they're thinking, well, I don't, I don't want to do what you did. I don't want to do what you're, you, you feel me? Like a teacher saying, yo, you need to do A, B, and C. And the kid's like, yo, did you do A, B, and C? And they say, yes, I did. And you're like, ah, uh, why would I want to yeah, do what you wanna, did to get where you like at? You. I don't yeah. want to be there. Yeah. I, I, I just remember, I remember being fairly young and seeing an, an example in network marketing. You're 17, I was like 17, 18 years old. Uh, when I started um, in prepaid legal. Yes, 17. I, I was 17. Yeah, I lied on the application. That one, I was a liar. Mm. I'm a liar, bro. Dang. I was 17. But you had to be 18 to join, but I just put the birth date on there. And I'm seeing a black guy in front of the room that looks fairly young that made six figures. Woo. That's all I needed. I have so. to talk to him. I have to like, I don't need no mentorship. Oh crap, it's possible. I'm go I'm going there. Mm-hmm. So if a kid, I know they have they have a couple choices, right? The teacher is telling them to do some stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna do what you did because I don't want to be there. Right. But down the street, there's a gentleman that's sitting on the car with two really, really pretty girls around him. This gentleman has a chain, gold teeth. And he looks like he's balling. I need to do that. Whatever you did to get them pretty girls around you like that and to get them chains and had the money and drive that car, I'm doing that. 
what do you think that person tells the kid that they did to do that? Right. It wasn't start a business. It wasn't, it wasn't like, yo, I got this brand that I'm building and I'm, I have a marketing firm. That, that's not it. So the kid has those two choices, two examples. And a third, my parents. I don't want to be like my parents. I don't want to be like my teachers. Yes, I do want to be like the rappers, but the rappers are talking about the stuff that this person is sitting on this car with these two pretty girls. They're, the rappers are doing that, and that dude's probably going to be the rapper soon, so I need to be him. Mm-hmm. And I fall into that cycle. So I feel like it's a duty to go to the schools and give an example of somebody that looks like you mm-hmm. that didn't do any of that stuff, that like lives off their own ideas. Mm. So it's a, it's a responsibility. And you know what? Responsibility. Um, what's interesting about that is I see people all the time who um, kids, adults, whatever, take on these responsibilities and not live them through. Like I literally have watched you follow up with these kids. Like I remember very clearly there were two young ladies who made cupcakes in a jar. Yeah. And like they even kept in touch with me for a while, wow. right? So they're grown people now at this point, but you would always constantly push them and promote their brand, talk about their cupcakes mm-hmm. and the cupcakes were delicious. Amazing. They were delicious, but this is what you do. You don't you don't just drop in and be out. You invite these kids to keep in touch with you. You help them start businesses. I have seen you uh, invest out of your own pocket, like out of your own pocket into helping develop kids. You did it with my own daughter. You, you know, she didn't have any experience selling T-shirts. I was looking at the video. I was looking at the video last night. Uh, In fact, I'm going to post that video of her like working at the kiosk selling T-shirts. But that's so important. Like. To us, it was her working at the kiosk selling T-shirts. But in 10 years, she's going to remember, I worked for Mr. David, who let me sell T-shirts at the business that he owns. And at the end of the night, I got paid for it, right? Mm -hmm. So that's commission. Can I pay her? She got her check, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deja don't play about her money now. Let me tell you (laughs) the cool thing about Deja, though. She put her friends on. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She's a little network marketer. (laughs) <laughs> she get it from her mama. Like, who are these people I'm supposed to pay? Pay who? What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Listen, okay, we see you, Dave. David hired my daughter. I think she was maybe like 15, mm-hmm. 14, 15 at the time. And he needed more people. She's like, listen, what do you need? I have yeah. it staffed the whole kiosk. <laughs> <laughs> but but just giving kids the opportunity, I don't, I don't even know if you realize the magnitude of what that experience will mean right like putting kids in a situation to say okay this is what you have here's an opportunity go out there and maximize it like that's huge and then not even just with kids like you do that you invest your time every single day I see you and I have even told you yo what's up with these meetings that you're doing every single day remember I told you that like Stop that. For $60? $60. And it wasn't even $60 in the beginning. Right, yeah. But I'm like, yo, you're meeting with people for an hour, five days a week, but you're still consistently doing that years later. So it's, it's, to me, it's, it's a part of your DNA. For sure. It's your genetic makeup. Um, Do you think that it has anything to do with you having a void in that area for yourself? Because now you have mentors and you understand what that feels like, but mm. why do you invest so much time? Um, 100%, yeah, just just that experience, just not having a true example. Again, my dad was an entrepreneur, but 
you never really like reach you know levels of success mm-hmm. as as an entrepreneur but i mean like think about a kid who the ice cream truck is coming and they don't have any money to buy ice cream if you when that kid grows up and he has enough money, like he's inclined to go to those streets. And when the ice cream truck comes, he's like, yo, what you want? What you want? I got you. Cause I remember, I remember the feeling of my friend got something, but I can't, I, I, I just don't have it. And yeah. I got to act like I don't want any right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or if, mm-hmm. if a kid didn't, I, I gave a, um, I gave this kid a bunch of shoes that, you know, that were still in good condition that I just don't wear anymore. Cause I remember having to wear the one pair of shoes every single day and they were like beat up and I get roasted for it. And you give it, you, you, and it, you, you just give it cause you remember the feeling. So I feel like when a lot of people reach certain levels of success and I don't look at myself as like super successful cause that's all relative, right? But they forget to reach back. They forget about the person that's just starting Right, Jovan and David, who have a biz- have an idea, but there's still a job, and there's the transition. Mm-hmm. So Joe knows I'll pour into him, like, "Yo, come out to Ohio, Iowa with me. We're gonna do this training, right?" Because I I just remember, I remember times where no one took he t- took me under their wing, and then I do remember times where someone did take me under their wing, and they'll say, "Yo, just come on this trip with me. I'll pay for the flight. I got you." And I'm like, "Yo." When somebody like takes me out to dinner, they like, yo, don't worry about it, I gotta pay. I'm like, yo, I should have ordered steak. <laughs> That's why I haven't taken I you to ordered. dinner. <laughs> yo, when yo, are we going to Ocean Air? What are we doing? What are we doing? We are gonna go to we're gonna go to Ocean Air. When? When when do you wanna go to Ocean Air? Next week would be good. Yeah, I don't know about next week. It's probably like a now or never kind of thing. Actually, uh Friday I got a guy. Um, I got a guy that wants to be on the podcast. And we're going to we're going to lunch tomorrow. I can totally make that. Hello. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll put, look, I'll put Daddy on a meal. Put me on to the meal. Let's go. Uh, yeah, I can. I can absolutely make that. Um, okay, so you're you're on this journey. You're impacting people. When did you know, Shans? Like, okay. I will never have to go back to a job. Like, mm. this is it. I'll never have to go to a job again. When Uber came out. Elaborate. <laughs> Were you Ubering? T- no, no. It was some times where it got rocky, though. <laughs> and I was like, I'll never go back to a job again. But uh, I will go. <laughs> I will, I will pull go, up. <laughs> go off to LaGrange, Georgia. So <laughs> you got to go somewhere else alone. Nobody I, knows yo, you. What? I looked at a little map like... These t-shirts ain't moving the way they used to. <laughs> you know what's funny? I actually, because I never had to do it, but there were some rocky moments, right? There were some mm-hmm. rocky moments where you just really don't know. And I'm like, yo, this Uber thing is amazing. But what would I do if somebody got in my car that knew me? Yeah. And, you know, this is years ago. And you're supposed to be successful and, you know, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Because people title you as successful before you ever claim it. Yeah. At least that's what happened to me. Yeah, for right. Sure. People assume that you have achieved, you know, we read a book, we regurgitate what we read in the book. And now people think you're like yeah. that, that deal. For sure. Um, I made, I made a quarter of a million dollars. I had two kiosks and a store. I made a quarter of a million dollars in one year. I actually walked home with like 35, 40. So yeah. you can imagine that year. It just looks good. Yeah. Oh, balling. Yeah. I was broke. 
Yeah. Now, what? Why was it? Because you were mismanaging money? Was your overhead ridiculously high? Like why both, you, both high all overhead. Of that, all of- yeah, high overhead. You got employees. You got product costs, and you are living as if you're profiting a quarter million dollars. Gotta live you're going up. out to eat. Like, and, and I was single at the time. So what you want? Going a little date? Or a little flank little date, steak? Date? <laughs> you want a little flank steak and scrambled eggs? A little flank eggs? steak and scrambled eggs. <laughs> yeah, let's go. I got you, boo. <laughs> the Jordans come out. I just buy the Jordans. And I'm not, I'm not, because the money's coming. The money's coming. It's like, okay, I have it right now. That cash money is hard to not spend. Not realizing I have to pay it out tomorrow. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. That was good. Because somebody needs to hear that. Like, we see these screenshots, you know, especially right now, and you'll see the million dollars made, but they forget to show the 750 that went into ad spend, Mm -hmm. right? They forget to show the other 50 that went into paying two salaries or, you know, whatever the Mm -hmm. case may be. So it's really important while you may actually bring in and generate 250 Mm -hmm. You walked away with under forty. For sure. Under forty thousand dollars. What had to change? Like what was it habits? Was it sourcing different manufacturers? Like what had to change for you to actually start turning a real profit in your business? Um, education, mentorship, and being transparent enough to go to somebody and say, Yo, I'm broke. Mm. That's hard. Because there are people that can help you. Mm-hmm. But you're so prideful that you don't want to go to the people that can help you Mm. because you'd rather hold up this thing of success, Mm -hmm. the image, right? Mm -hmm. So it it was me humbling myself and and being, now I had to go high up the chain to someone like really successful, one of my mentors, and say, yo, something's broken here. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, he educated me. I said, okay, let's, let's, let's go through the numbers. You need to find a bookkeeper. Mm-hmm. Somebody that like can count your money for you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I know how to count math. My greatest subject. I'm good. Got that. You you need a professional. You're you're going to another level. You need someone that can count your money for you, and um, you know, really introduce me to you know, um, like saving. You know, it's a big deal to buy a two hundred dollar pair of sneakers. Mm-hmm. That's a bi- that's a lot of that's a lot of money, and if I pay seven dollars per shirt. How many T-shirts can I get for two hundred dollars? Mm-hmm. You feel me? Like that's that's a lot. It's a lot of money just going out. So, um, and it's like so so per, you know for the people that's listening, if you pay seven dollars per T-shirt, and um, you you buy thirty of them to print, that's two hundred and ten dollars. Mm-hmm. So that pair of sneakers is costing you, um, it, like you you spent. The money that you would make from the t-shirts on the sneakers. But that 30 t-shirts sold at, let's just say for good round numbers, $20 a piece, that's $600. So those shoes are actually costing you $600. Mm-hmm. But if you take all that $600, the shirts now cost $6 a piece because you get more with bulk. Meaning you can get 100 shirts. And if you sell those 100 shirts for 20 bucks, that's 2000 Meaning those shoes are costing you 2000 Bar. And when somebody puts it that way, you like, I don't, Jordan, they ain't not that comfortable. I'm wearing a $2,000 <laughs> pair of Jordans. And somebody missed it. Trust me, somebody missed that. So we're, we're going to yeah. talk about that a little yeah. bit more. Um, and, and 
I know a lot of people who are that way now and I didn't understand it. I'm like, just make more money. Right. And I still have that mindset of just making more money because you, you get what you get. Because I know you, I know that you are tight. Mm -hmm. You are incredibly frugal. Not all that frugal. Shans, you invest in technology. You will put money into a business concept, a business idea. But let Dre say she wants a Birkin. <laughs> what Burger King? What the, what the, Burger you saw, King. The picture? Burger King with the. Yes, I saw the meme. <laughs> we get you a Burlington King. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. Co- you want to go to Burlington <laughs> King? <laughs> Burlington Co Factory. Them bags look the same. Mm-hmm. And you would do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Yeah. No. So you had this shopping habit. Now you're incredibly frugal. You're obviously. Definitely. No, here's the thing. It wasn't even a shopping habit. It was just a spending, spending. habit. Mm. Food here, food there, little couple dollars there, couple dollars here, couple dollars there. Okay, I got you. You're my friend. Date here. Like two things you mentioned. One, you had to go to a mentor. At what point in your life, or actually, at what point in your business, did you get your first mentor? Um, my first mentor was Jim Rohn. I used to just listen Mine to too. the man religiously. He was so smart and Still brilliant. To this day, I To this day, I remember um, I was so emotional when I found out he died. Yeah. I was so emotional. And th- this is before I was like into conferences and events. I would pay any amount of money to go to a Jim Rohn conference. We missed out. Oh, missed we out. missed out. We missed out. I was the same way when Miles Monroe passed too. Mm. We missed out on it. I never got yeah. to see him speak. Yeah, can live. you imagine? What? Goodness gracious, yo! If you if you admire somebody, go to their conference, go to their event because there are some legends being created right now that yeah. people will hail as some of the greatest thought leaders of our time. Right? Like so, they 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 watch us doing the podcast, and we're gonna come to. It's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. In every episode, it's a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. 
Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. Your city, and we're going to do the podcast, and you'll miss out on the opportunity. You'll be telling your kids, like, yo, I remember they came to my city, and I missed it. And they're like, oh, my gosh, Miss Donnie came to your city, really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, And, you know, what's crazy is, you know, Jim Rohn didn't know in the beginning that he would be this household name and this thought leader, Mm. right? He knew that he had information. He knew that he had value. And I'm assuming, of course, I didn't know him. But just thinking about us and our journey right now, like we could legit become these household names where we already, you know, have people who buy tickets to come and see. And and you don't don't take that kind of stuff lightly. You don't invest in everybody's information. So to be valued so highly that people will literally pay to come in a room to hear us speak. I still to this day am like, wow, people like I don't. Are you used to it yet? No, no. Thank you. I'm I'm, I'm definitely not. I get weirded out sometimes Mm -hmm. because it's like somebody's like, oh, my gosh, it's you. And I'm like, who? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> me <laughs> I am I'm the most all you gotta do is like put up a dollar for the <laughs> morning meetup and we're on the call every day, every day like we talk. yeah like so um yeah I'm I don't I don't think I'll ever get used to that or people thinking of me that highly you know what I mean I don't know but it's, you're aware that they do yeah because I, I get the reactions but it's I um I don't, I don't know. Okay. I don't know how to take it. So you had a mentor from afar, Jim Rohn, mm-hmm. the incredible Jim Rohn. When did you get your first, I can call you, I can talk to you, we can connect mm-hmm. mentor? So it started with, um, ah, there was so many along the way. So uh, Bernita Cardwell, she was like my sponsor in, uh, in uh, prepaid legal. And then I got really close to Jonathan Green. And Jonathan Green, and he's been on the podcast. I he's love JG. such a giant to mm-hmm. me. And uh, the the way the man's mind thing uh, moves, I I, I really um, attach myself to him. And I I don't want to name too many names because I'll miss somebody. Right, right, right. But um, it, it, it that that was uh, definitely one of the originals. Mm-hmm. Green. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, having that mentor. What would you say to people right now who say, I don't need a coach, I don't need a mentor, like I can figure this out, I can YouTube everything and watch videos. What would you say to that person with that mindset? Um, I mean, you might not need a coach or a mentor. You know what I mean? Like you you got to where you are right now without one. Mm-hmm. And if you like where you are right now, then you don't need one. Or it's, okay, I got to a level where, you know, I'm doing some things, but I'm I'm 40 years old. Do you want to spend another 40 years trying to do it on your own? Go for Ooh. it. <laughs> so, but if you if you really, really want to take your, yo, a part of it is somebody that just sees bigger than you. Mm-hmm. So I'm in this, I'm in this pitch. And the guy says, um, he says, uh, well, we probably need to do this equity deal because once you expand to this other city, I'm going to be able to put the proven success together. And instead of this $150,000 that we're talking about right now, I'll be able to get 3.5 million. 
you pocket a million and a half of it, you put the other two or whatever into the project because I've got that network of people. And then once we start taking it to other cities, it gets higher and higher. Then somebody's got to buy you out for the brand. Mm -hmm. You'll be a multi-million. Look, we can get $100 million for this concept. Now, I'm thinking one building, one space, this is what we're going to do. But you need a mentor that can expand the vision a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, instead of, yo, I made this presentation, we could make $500,000 a year. He's like, yo, this is a $4 million a year project. Mm-hmm. Oh. So, I mean, if, 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 if you are in your head, stay in your head, you don't need, you don't, you don't need anybody to help see past where you are, but it, it's a, it's a, it's a harder road. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not even the Donnie, you do this, Donnie, you do that. Sometimes it's in their conversation. It's just in the conversation. Yeah. The big nuggets are in the conversation. For sure. Absolutely. It's not, it's not the scheduled meetings. And we know that it's not the scheduled meetings. It's not the, the planned content that you see on the slides. It's in the conversation. Like I can remember so many times being in the room with someone bigger than me who I admire and it's when they get off the stage and you have that 30 seconds yeah. to like say something yep. real quick and you walk up. That's what you remember like the most. Right. Mm-hmm. So what are you, what's, what's next? Like, what do you see? Ooh, before we get there, I don't think I've ever heard this from you. Let's go. Talk Let's to go. me about you're married now. Yeah. Happily. Very happily. You like that Joe? What was dating single entrepreneur who's generating $250,000 in income a year? What was dating David Shands like? Um, piece of work, <laughs> a piece of work. And it's, it's some things I'm working on even to this day being more connected because my, I'm so nonchalant about everything. And especially if there's not a commitment there, I'm super nonchalant. Like as my wife knows, like, she's like, yeah, you don't care about anything. Like she went and got a little job and I was like, oh, go don't for it. Don't do her with then a little job. Me, she, no, no. Do I not do her with I a little, you like went and got your little house, your little job, you, you got your she, little nails done. But so her thing was, you know, I don't want to be in, the David Shan shadow, like I want to build my own. You know, I want to have my own. I'm not looking for you to get money, uh, give me money. So she went and got, she did like this contract where she does enrollment. So she actually went and got two contracts and they overlapped. So I'm like, yo, you, how are you going to work both of those at the same time? She's like, I don't know, I'm going to figure it out. And in my mind, we just had a conversation of, I... I don't, I want to go make my own money. I'm going to do my own thing. I, like, I was independent before this. I was like, all right, cool. And listen, like, two nights ago, she's like, I can't believe you let me do that. Because I did what? Because remember, we was on the phone. I was like, you going back to that tomorrow? You going, you yeah, going back we, to that job tomorrow? We were on she's, the phone. I'm talking to Shans. And Dre comes in the background and was like, hey, ask Donnie, did she get my email? And I'm like, tell her I'm pulling it up right now. And he's like, yo, what it say? What it say? And I'm like, she's basically telling me that she's going back to this assignment. You know, yeah. He's like, yo, you still doing that? <laughs> Mind you, it's only been a week 
that she's been doing it right. <laughs> but he's like, yo, you like she's still you're still doing that. Like, why are you still doing that? <laughs> Get this, though. So she wound up quitting the next day. Yes. <laughs> the next day she hit me like, yeah, so my schedule has opened back up. again. <laughs> <laughs> no, but here's this is what she told me. She said um, she said, you act like you don't care about anything. And she's like, you let me do that. She said, you let me work two overlapping like assignments and jobs or whatever. And I'm like, you said that's what you wanted. So I'm like, all right, go ahead. I, if it makes you happy, go for it. She said, no, I want you to like tell me, some, like at least give me some emotion. So I say all that to say, it's still something that I'm dealing with, with my nonchalantness. Whatever people want to do, go for it. Mm. I'm with it. So you can imagine in a scenario where we don't have a house together, we don't have like a child, like if we're, there's no connection, it's like, David, you act like you don't care. I mean, I don't a little bit. <laughs> yeah, did you watch Curb Your Enthusiasm? Uh-uh. You gotta watch Curb Your Enthusiasm. Is um have you ever seen Seinfeld before? Oh, it's my favorite show. Okay, One so of my top favorite show. So then you will love Curb Your Enthusiasm because it's about Larry David, who is the writer mm-hmm. for Seinfeld. Oh, or, and you'll notice that Seinfeld oh, that down. is it on Netflix? It's it's on Amazon Prime for sure. It's on I don't Amazon know if it's Prime. on um Netflix, but it's definitely on Amazon Prime. Curb your enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> y'all go Google. Larry David, okay, comma, curb yeah. your enthusiasm. This is going to be David in like 40 years I just, I just <laughs> with the glasses. And <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, Seinfeld's character was clearly created in Larry David's image, right? Mm-hmm. And so Larry David is himself in this show and he's really socially awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets along, he has friends, he flourishes. He's mega, 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 mega wealthy, but he's awkward and everybody is like, yo, what do you care about? He's always in his own world. Like, if you want to do it, just do it. I mean, mm. yeah. <laughs> but it's that, it's, it's, it's that make you feel stupid kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> you oh, please, please watch that show. Kenny put me onto that show and now I'm addicted. You have got to go all the way back. Um, did you see what Kenya Barris? who wrote girlfriends like his show mm-hmm. okay anyway it's it's like the version is they're they're one in the same almost gotcha. one is for black people one is you know kind of more white people will resonate mm-hmm. with but that dang on curb your enthusiasm is hilarious and you remind me of a of a couple of the characters you could be a larry and somebody curb else but so to. you were you were single for like a long time i remember we would go back and forth like with banter i wanted to set you up on so many like dates and all this stuff. Why Dre? Uh, she is beautiful and amazing. She stole my heart. I can't. <laughs> nah, she's uh, she's an awesome woman. She is a um, a a provider of love. She's a nurturer, um, and. I think we need each other. We balance each other out, right? We cover each other's um, uh, weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Or, um, I mean, she's, it, it, it's hard to explain sometimes why you, you know, what's up? Is it? I just think it's so cute. Oh, uh, it's hard to explain 
the connection that you have with somebody. You know mm. what I mean? Like, why do you feel the way you feel? You can have a, a checklist of things, right? Like, oh, well, they're attractive and they're wholesome and you can have the checklist, but at the end of the day, you can't really describe. It's almost like, okay, they're attractive. That, that's one of the things on the checklist. But when you love somebody, if something happened where all their beauty left, you'd still love them. Mm-hmm. How can you explain it? If they were in a bad accident and they were paralyzed and they couldn't do all the things that are on your particular list, you still love the person. Mm-hmm. How do you explain it? That soul love. You feel me? So it was, she was it. She was the one. Being a successful man, though, and I ask this question because I get asked this question all the time. Like, well, people assume I look, first of all, I'm dating, so y'all chill out. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, but people always assume that, oh, Donnie is this alpha female and she does this, that, and the other, and we know whatever track record they believe that I have, and so she must only date rich guys and, you know, this, that, and the other. And it's, you wouldn't say that about me. I ain't never seen you on nobody broke, though. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> you like what you like. That's what I was. I would say Dottie liked what she liked. Dang, he just set and, me up for the fail. But, but here's the thing. I, yeah, yeah. I could. I'm trying to clean it up some way, but I'm. Here's the thing. You are independent. And you you got your own. So it's not like you need a man to provide anything. But what I know about you is they need to be able to at least be on the level you're at. So you're not going in in every area, right? Maturity, finances, um, 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 you know, belief system, things of that nature. So, I mean, I I think that. Never mind. Yeah. What was the point you were making though? I'm done. Did, no, he didn't save, did I save it. it a little bit? He didn't save it. And and it's 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 really it's, <laughs> it's 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 uh it's funny actually that you no, you haven't seen me date anybody broke because broke is a mindset, right? It's not a financial status. <laughs> <laughs> Broke is a mindset. It's it's not a it's not a financial status. Yes. <laughs> that was good. And you, you yeah, actually, you, you good on that. yeah, absolutely. What's interesting is, um, without going too deep in this, you actually connected me with my most significant relationship. I had no idea of what that person does or did or no idea, none. Did I? <laughs> no, because I was doing some. <laughs> I was doing some videos with this gentleman, and uh, Dottie one time was, was like, "Yo, he's cute." Yeah, and then he was I think I, and then I think I posted, um, like you know, like sometimes you do the audio on the story, and she and this was like weeks later, and she's like, "He's cute and successful." Mm-hmm. <laughs> but before. I actually said something before I knew anything about his success mm-hmm. and then weeks went by and I'm like, so you just going to keep flashing dude. He cute and successful. Yeah. 
No, I, but I was just saying that in response to the, what you had just said a second ago. You didn't know it. Anyway. You going to move on? Yes, we're going to move on. <laughs> you just roll me. I can't wait to see what the people have to say about that. <laughs> right? Just set me up. Oh, that was fun. Anyway, um, people assume that successful people want successful people. Mm. I know that you never cared about that. Like, mm. you... You told me that you checked Dre out, like you went to her Instagram page and there were some things that you noticed. Yeah, she wasn't lit. She was not lit. I like that. She was not lit. She's regular. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, but regular. Just she didn't even have she didn't have any, you know I like the look back at it pick. She ain't even had none of them. What's what's the pick? The little <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, I walked right into it. She, I walked right into that one. I'm sorry, but I, yeah, she wasn't lit, so mm-hmm. that, that's what attracted me. But I have a, I never. Let me think. I, I, ne- I never really dated anyone like super successful, or I think I might have dated maybe one. Maybe two people that were either kind of where I was, I guess, financially or higher or, you know, more. But normally I just I connect with the regular person. So for that person who's watching us right now and they're interested in building their business for sure. That's why they're here. But they also want to meet their match because I've heard that entrepreneurs are hard to date. Because you have to kind of understand how we operate, especially those of us who are in our business Mm -hmm. as much as we work on our business. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, So you have to constantly deal with the busy person. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, You have to deal with somebody who's focused. You have to deal with somebody who doesn't mind skipping or taking a rain check on a date night Mm -hmm. for you. And for you, what does it take? What did it take to get a man like David to say, I want to marry you? Um, patience, for sure. Um, and and I, I, I mean, at the end of the day, the guy has to be ready. I mean, I was at a point in my life where I was ready. So thank God I didn't re- meet her, um, you know, two years earlier than mm-hmm. I did because I wouldn't have been ready. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think the guy has to be ready and you have to be ready to meet your match. You know what I mean? Like, I I feel like Dre was, you know, pretty personally developed, Mm. like just working on herself. Like she's been taking care of herself for a while, for a long time. And Mm -hmm. um, I think I was ready. She was ready. We connected. And I don't I don't know if there's a tutorial to it. You know what I mean? Like, it's there's so many things that have to happen. I have to really want it. You have to really want it. We have to connect. We got to be patient with each other. I don't know if there's a formula to it. Mm. You know? She's really patient. Oh, really patient. Really, really patient. Do you ever feel guilty for not being as available as you know she wants you to be? Yes, I do. Not as often as I should. You don't feel guilty as often as you should. <laughs> Not as often as Damn. I. I <laughs> but I, but I, I'm growing. We're we're all growing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. We're 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 both growing. So, 
um, I'm, I'm at least I'm more aware, I'm more conscious. So I knew my, my week was gonna be super busy. So after I finished, after I finished my meeting, well, before I, I started my meeting, I told her, yo, we're gonna go out to eat because I knew we had to do this podcast this evening. And I said, I've been super busy lately. Let's just at least take some time to go out and then, you know, I'll go do my thing. So Are y'all doing conscious. that tonight? No, we, it was like right before we, we got here for sushi. Y'all didn't bring a bag? You didn't? Thinking about yourself. I'm having Dang. family time and, and I'm going to tell Dang. my wife, all right, let me go get Donnie something. I'm sorry. <laughs> you want to have sushi? It went down. It went Adrian down. and Corey. It went down. So you have a baby on the way. Mm -hmm. Are you ready to be a father? No. Mm -mm. Nope. No? Nope. Did you say no, Javon? Mm -mm. You're not ready to be a father? No. Nah. What are you, what are you not ready for? I don't know. I don't even know what I'm not ready for. Well, you I have a, you I'm have not a, <laughs> <laughs> you not have prepared. a 10-year-old stepdaughter who mm -hmm. is your daughter. Yeah. Um, so you have an idea. Ask me if I'm prepared to be her father. Are you prepared to Absolutely be Corey's not. dad? I suck. I'm trying to get better. I'm trying to like enforce some stuff, but so. Enforce some stuff. You know, so look, eight o'clock, right? I have my call every morning. Corey has class at nine. My call is over at 8.55. I'm downstairs in my office till about 9.05. I go upstairs. She's still in the bed. I say, Corey, get up and get in class. So she gets up and turns her computer on and I just walk away and it's over. <laughs> and then she does that sometimes. I don't know what to do. I don't know, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Can you not, like, are you afraid to discipline her? Or do you not want to be? It's a, it's, she's a little girl. I, I, don't, I don't feel comfortable disciplining. I did, I got on her case one time. Like, I really like, girl, you better, cause she like, she did something disrespectful to her mom. And I'm like, girl, you better not. Now, I, I gave her a bunch of threats. I wasn't going to do nothing, but. Did you feel guilty about this. that? No, no, yo, because from that point on, and literally this had to be six months ago, she has been super, like, I think she fears me now. Mm -hmm. which you, is good. you have to, you, you have to assert yourself with kids and not necessarily, um, it's tough because my daughter is 18 now and I feel like we are, we do have an element of a friendship. Yeah. I think there's just a certain trust, trust that we have, but even at 18 years old, she still know mm. I am your mom first and foremost. Yeah. I'm your mom, period. Yeah. Don't let this French stuff, uh, gets twisted right right okay but you 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 you're able to have her from a baby and then i mean you probably weren't ready oh absolutely not you know i saying? wasn't like, i wasn't ready you become ready so yeah. i was terrified until it was real yeah like i was terrified until it was real yeah. and so you are not ready but i'm sure you will be ready but some things are going to have to change oh 100 percent. are you ready it. for that no do you know, have you identified what's gonna have to change? Mm -mm. Your availability, number one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's going, I, I don't know. You gonna be in here doing podcasts, we gonna have baby right here. All like. right, I'm like, I'm right here with it, like, your mama had to go to that job. <laughs> your mama had to go, okay. Yeah. No, 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 no. Okay, go <laughs> I love it, but are you excited? I'm excited. Mm -hmm. I'm ecstatic. Mm -hmm. 
I am so I can't wait to not be ready. Mm. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. So this is like one of the greatest joys. Um, the anticipation is just killing me. I just can't. I can't wait. I can't wait. Do we know what the wait. baby is yet? Girl. Girl. I think I saw that. Yeah. I think Dre told me. <gasps> she did tell me. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's a girl. You know what's cool? I really wanted a boy. I'm talking about like we were, you know, we were talking about it. I want a boy. Anytime we refer to the baby, it's a he or a his room. And like I'm telling my mom, yo, boy. I'm telling everybody it's a boy. So I really, really thought I wanted a boy until the nurse said we had a girl and I realized that I didn't want a boy mm. I f- like that when you said when she said yo you're having it's a little girl I don't know if I've ever felt that feeling of love this strong and I just I don't I don't know it was weird it was just like a a connection when you said yo you're having a little girl and it was like a, you're a girl oh dad. Oh my gosh, I'm a girl dad. You're a girl dad. Excited about All right, girl dad. Yeah. Two girls. Yeah. Now, two girls now, mm-hmm. and probably two, two or three girls more. and a wife at the crib. Wow, two girls and a wife. You're a whole like girl person. You're a girl magnet. I have a girl house. You run have a by girl girls. house. You whole have house a whole run lot by girls. of hormones <laughs> and energy, female energy going through yeah. your house. And, and that's fine because you know she's not gonna be allowed out till she's thirty. So. That's You're going to be bargaining for sleepovers by the time she's six. Hey, are there any sleepovers happening with your friends this weekend? <laughs> she's not going outside. I know what boys do. They slot. <laughs> no. No, not at that age, Shans. Not at that age. Well, so, yeah, um, but we had a weird, invi- we're in a weird, I, yo, it ain't even, nowadays, and I don't know if, I don't want to get into that, but it's not even, Maybe I'm not even worried about just boys anymore. Parents, she went. She people. went to a sleepover a couple weeks ago, and I was terrified because the kids these days are not the same kids. They are not. They're exposed to more. The kids and the parents. And the parents. There's more freedom of whoever you are. It's like, it, I, and I, I don't. I don't know. Yeah. So. Have you ever experienced any trauma? Like something that's just super traumatic that you had to deal with? My dad died. Mm. That was a traumatic scenario. How old were you? I was 26-ish, 25, 26 maybe. Wow. Yeah. And he was always present until he passed. He was present growing up, but then my mom and I moved to Georgia and then obviously he wasn't present. And then we came back to Georgia. And uh, I mean, I, I came back to New Jersey. And then um, he's he's always, he's always been there. I've never, ever questioned my father's love, ever. Mm-hmm. That he, I never questioned that he didn't love me with everything he had in him. Yeah. Even during discipline, he never just disciplined me. There was always a conversation first because he wanted to make sure that I knew he was upset at what I did and not upset with me. Mm, ooh. He just wanted to make sure every, I, I never remember him like being so mad, he'll be mad and send me to my room and I have to just wait there. And I thought he did it because 
he just wanted to finish his stuff and he wanted me to like reflect on what I did. But I think I, I'm, I'm understanding now that he did it for him because he didn't want his anger mm-hmm. to come off as attacking me. He needed time to say, okay, when I go up in this boy's room, I know what I'm going to do, but I don't want to, I don't want to discipline him from a position of anger, but I want to discipline him from a position of education. I'm doing it because I love you. I'm doing, and that, that, that sentence really rang true. I'm doing it because I loved you. I love you. And even after he beat me and walked out of the room, I knew that he truly did it because he loved me, because he took time to have a conversation with me and say, yo, this is why this is about to happen to you. So. How much of you is like your dad? Because you say so much about your dad and I'm just seeing Mm. you. Yeah. You will explain, you will talk. I've never seen you, I've never seen you mad. Yeah, that was my dad. Yeah, I've I've never, ever seen you upset. Yeah, that was my dad. Yeah. Yeah. So you are like, do do you believe that a lot of the reason that you're so motivated subconsciously is to like, carry on the legacy that he was building and make him proud in a sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, but that level of not being angry, um, now I kind of wonder, I was talking to my, my sister Ernestine Morris and shouts out to Ernestine. Um, she said, like we took an acting class. So she's an actor. Yeah. So she's, um, she's, she's teaching me how to act, but, the first session we did was yesterday and she said for you to uh, really understand this art it's not about saying lines it's about tapping into a part of you so we did a bunch of exercises and when we're done with the exercises she said you are extremely guarded she said yo same thing yo I've never seen you like upset or anything like that and I feel like you buried some stuff so deep that it doesn't bother you because nothing bothers you. I don't know if I believe that nothing bothers you though. I think that you are very <clears throat> controlled in how you respond to things. Yeah. Right. But there's some things that should bother me. Right. I did a, 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 I don't know if it was a therapy session or like coaching session with this guy. He was over at church. This was years ago and we're going through all this stuff. And he's like, um, you know, we got so far into the conversation and then I mentioned that my father had passed recently. And he's like, what? Mm-hmm. But when I'm talking about like upset and pain and what really hurts you, your pa- your father passing recently, it didn't, it wasn't a, a hard thing to deal with. And I'm like, I mean, it was tough, but um, he would have wanted me to just keep moving forward. But he's like, no, that's something you deal with. Like a, a, a close friend passing, your cousin, died and like you like there there are certain parts about my life that there are things that should affect me Mm -hmm. and they don't Mm. so I I don't know I'm I'm going through a process of uh and, and Ernestine really is uh man I thank her so much because I'm ready to go on this new journey I'm talking about since yesterday of identifying where the where my emotion is where it's buried where it's buried what's 
piled up on top of it. I want to tap into vulnerability. Are you considering like a mental health coach or a therapist? Mm, acting classes. Think? Let's see how those go. It, it, we, had, we had some breakthroughs yesterday a little bit. So let's see. It might. You never know. Right, let's see. I mean, I, I think that the acting classes have done, and you've only had one, right? I had one. It was powerful. Yeah, so. it was powerful. And it, it may have revealed, and we don't know. I'm not a, mm. I'm not a mental health professional, but it, it may have done its job in helping you to identify that there True. is something that you need to deal with. Yeah. And then now you need to, I, I, I care and I want to see you. It's important to feel. Yeah. It's important to express emotion, yeah. right? Um, because you will at some point. You're either yeah. going to do it now or you're going to do it later. Yeah. And later, you know, in maybe an uncontrolled environment, um, Later when you have time, right now you're busy. You're all over the place yeah. and you're busy. You don't really sit still. Um, you're working literally until you close your eyes and then you back up and you're working yeah. all over again. And so I think it's important. I'm going to encourage that yeah. um, for you to, to talk to somebody. And um, just see, men- therapy is so sexy these days. It has been something that, especially in the African-American community, has been so taboo. Mm. Oh, my God, you see a therapist, you're crazy. Right? right? That's... you. You got to see who? Right. Ooh, what's wrong with her? (laughs) (laughs) Right? But I think it's, I think therapy is really important and even more so important when nothing is wrong. Yeah. Right? Maintain that balance and talk to somebody and really learn yourself. Um, Because right now nothing is wrong. Like I don't, you don't know. Is nothing wrong a good thing? Like something should like Something. nothing, nothing shakes me. And you could look at it from a position of strength, but I'm, I'm opening myself to the possibilities of um, just going a little deeper, tapping into. Well, I think that's subconsciously you understanding that something may be wrong. Yeah. Right. So yeah. something is wrong. What that wrong is, it could be it could be small. Yeah. It could be big. Um, it could be something as obvious as maybe how your father's death affected you right yeah. and maybe still not processing that um because hold on, hold on guys real quick how do i look do i look vulnerable i'm holding myself hold on i gotta get back i gotta get back on stage you know what i'm saying get back to cool yeah 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 yeah. i think that's important so i'm gonna encourage that no, but yeah thank thank you I, and i it feels it feels good like talking about it man i can't th- i'm gonna call her and see when i leave here that was it was good yeah it i really think it's important and it. i'm gonna hold you accountable to please, that so please. don't Treat me like I'm getting on your nerves when I say, yo, have you like signed up for a consultation with somebody yet? Um, Ernestine, shout out to you for uh, tapping into that particular zone uh, because therapy and emotion, the expression of emotion is also self-care. Yeah. Yeah. It's all you deserve to feel how you feel and you have to learn how to respond to those feelings that's something that i had to work through as well like i had i just had this wall yeah. right this wall up where nothing could penetrate it and i think subconsciously i knew that things bothered me but i was so determined to not let anything throw me off course mm-hmm. throw me off focus or get the best of me because i mm-hmm. feel like anything that can anger me controls me mm-hmm. that is the truth right mm-hmm. um i had to be in control of not just how i felt but how I looked. Yeah. Yeah. She over there looking mad. She wanna cry. Her feelings hurt, right? Mm -hmm. I had to I had to maintain a certain poise. And that's 
until you, I didn't even realize how unhealthy that was until I was forced to deal with it, right? And so anyway, it's a whole lot of fun. Therapy is like legit uh, fun. I am not currently in therapy, but this conversation makes me wanna go and see like a therapist. And not just yourself, therapy will benefit you in your relationship too. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I absolutely recommend that you, that that's like a thing that you and Dre do as a family yeah. to really build because we have to start, you know, it's not about, we, we can't just be successful. And I remember one time my daughter got in trouble and I was so disappointed, like mm-hmm. so disappointed. And I felt like here I am, this woman who impacts the world or not, you know, my world, my community, Um, I impact all these other people and I teach them how to control uh, their behavior, how to guard, how to monitor their behavior, how to make good decisions. And then here goes my own daughter who thankfully one time in her life, maybe two, but this first time made a terrible decision. Right. And I felt in that moment, like, how do you go out and impact all these people, but your own child goes out and make this mistake. Somebody who should see you and know you and understand all the things that you teach them. And I was disappointed in her. I was disappointed in myself. I felt like a failure until I realized that her, her decisions aren't my responsibility, right? My responsibility is to teach her. My responsibility is to guide her. My responsibility is to Um, show her what the outcome of good decisions and bad decisions will be. But I can't follow her around all the time and make sure you're making a good decision today, you're making a great decision today. And the important thing is if you make a bad decision, I have to teach her how to recover from it, right? How to face it and how to recover from it. And so um, that was something that that I had to deal with. And I was, when that decision, when, when that happened for me, because I was opposite of your dad. I was mad at what she, I was mad at her, not what she did. And looking back now, I wish I had taken the posture of, I was mad at both. I'm mad at you and I'm mad at what you did. Like, how dare you be my child doing this stuff, right? Um, So I was mad at both. But therapy early on would have helped me to see and I'm mad at what she did. Yeah. I'm mad at the decision. Yeah. I'm not mad at my child. I love my child. My child is amazing. My child is great. I think she she's the closest person to me. I love you. I, I don't want to. I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to be angry with you. But I am angry at the choice. Yeah. And sure. those are things that we learn in hindsight. And I don't know what. I don't know what's happening. I don't know if it's just an adult thing. Like we're adults now, and mental health just becomes this topic. But it just it just hit me out of nowhere. Yeah. Like suddenly one day everybody's talking about get a therapist and mental health, and there's all these things popping yeah. up. Is it because we grown now, or is this like the thing? Is this think, where we yeah, are? I, th- I think it's uh, people with bigger platforms are opening up the conversation mm-hmm. f- for it to be okay. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To 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 be vulnerable. You know what I mean? Just vulnerability is cool. You got these shows like Ivania, Ivania mm-hmm. Fix, Fix My Life. My life. Yeah. Um, people like that and, you know, people who are like, you know, um, Charlemagne is definitely pushing like the mental health agenda and, you know, uh, uh, um, you know, Taraji. making sure. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, I think we're just in that, in that space right now, you know. All right. Give me 
give me three things that you believe every entrepreneur should know. Three things that every entrepreneur should know. One, um, that it's not that bad. Mm. So um, some people are just in really tough situations and they feel like the worst is happening to them. But what helped me through this journey is realizing that my situation feels so bad and so heavy is because I'm carrying it. But when you go to a third world country and you see that situation yeah. or you go, you, you, you listen to these stories of people that are super successful and they were homeless. Remember I told you I never slept on anybody's couch, but I felt like my situation was so bad, but there are people that are homeless right now that will soon be multimillionaires. They're under a bridge right now. Right now. They will soon be multimillionaires in the next five, six, 10 years. There are people that are like going through some stuff. So, Understanding that and operating out of a, a space of uh, gratefulness for where you are, because just as easy as you can count all the things that's wrong, you have that many blessings, that many gifts. Like you have your limbs, you have your fingers, you have a, the right mind, you actually have a job that you complain about all the time, but you got a source of income. You got people around you. You have internet to watch this this video, right? So. Uh, one, understanding that it's not that bad. Two, understanding that you're not that good. You need to grow. Wow. You got to grow. I think um, especially the more success you have, the less you feel like you need to grow because you're at the top, like you're killing it. And it's harder, it gets harder and harder to receive information. Mm. So that's why I... I like to interview homeless people and find out how did you get there because it's something you could teach me. I talk, I go to the kids and I want to know what's going on in social media. They know what's going, they know what's happening next. They're like on the ground floor. I'm, I'm trying to stay in student mode. So continue to grow. Um, and, um, the last thing is, um, um, try your very, very best to see the picture of where you're going, you know what I mean? Like in your head and write it down, make, write the vision, make it plain, try to identify where you're gonna go. So every every podcast, like I'm, I'm, I'm asking people, yo, I want you to make a prediction where you're gonna be in five to 10 years. And most people can just, you know, if they're sitting in this seat, like I, I'm sure I asked you the question, we can say it because you see it and mm -hmm. that's how you get there. So. You see the picture. You know where Donnie's going. Like, you've mapped it out. You saw it. Like, we're taking steps there. But if you don't know where you're going, you might just start taking steps in different directions and then end up in a place like, how the heck did I get here? Well, you didn't, you weren't going to a specific destination. So, those are my three. Where are you going to be in five, ten years? In five to ten years, um, our morning meetup will still be running. We will have thousands of people in the morning meetup. I'll never have to market or promote an event or conference ever again. I'll already have the community. And these conferences probably won't even be available to outsiders, it'll only be the community. Uh, we will have uh, podcast studios in uh, three or four cities around the country. Um, and uh, just definitely multi 
multi eight, nine figure status. Mm. Last question. Are you happy? I can truly say that I am happy. Mm -hmm. I am in a really good place in my life. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, when I leave this podcast, I'm going home to a woman that loves me and that's carrying my child. Oh my gosh. We're sitting in a studio that we get to create content for the world. And we know that when this comes out, somebody's gonna DM, somebody's gonna email and say, yo, you helped me. I went to the bank, um, I went to the bank a few weeks ago and one of the kids that was in a classroom that I spoke in was my banker. <laughs> and he said, Mr. Shans, I remember. <laughs> you know, we like we we I, I, I took the stuff you you like you you really inspired me. Yo, we are planting so many seeds. God has been so good. I am in a position where I don't need the money that I would make on Saturday and I go to church and I'm in church all day Saturday and I love it. I'm happy. I love it. There is never enough time, right? Yeah. Like where you're in the middle of a conversation. I love that this is a conversation rather than um, an interview. And I am happy to have been the person to highlight sure. you, Thank you on the social uh, proof podcast. And, um, with that said, we're gonna, it, yo, do you see the time? It's crazy um, late. Oh, we've been, yeah. Ooh, we've been working. <laughs> we've been Goodness working. Gracious. Yeah, that was good. It's that was crazy good. late, but we got a lot. And I wanna do, I wanna do a follow-up to this um, soon, you know, whenever yeah. we can do that, because sure. there are so many questions in my mind right now that I wanna ask, um, and we just don't have the time for it. Yeah. Like, we just don't have the time for it. But I definitely want to. Um, this could be a little segment. Like we just, we, we, we just need to hop in the studio and just and go. Let's go. And we can break it up. Yeah, for sure. We can break it up. Won't have a beginning. Won't have an ending. We just go until we are done going. <laughs> for sure. Right. Social proof podcast, David and Donnie edition. We will be going on the road. On the oh, road. Hundred percent. Yeah. Let's just get a let's get a date for our next recording and let's do it. Let's do an event. Let's and do an event. It. Let's go to the West Coast. Well, we can start here, though. Oh. Just start here. You know, if, when I go, I go. I mean, but you know, I don't <laughs> think West Coast is even open yet. You know what it I mean? is. I mean, is anything closed right now? Yeah. No, well, yes. I think it's really... France, it, I think, closed. France reclosed. Yo, seriously, seriously. You know I had coronavirus yeah. earlier this year. Um, so many people think that because we're doing this, that we're totally oblivious to the fact that there's this pandemic that's happening right now. Um... Part of me didn't mention it because what we bring to the table through this podcast is like light and hope, yeah, right? Sure. We don't we don't necessarily want to focus. Uh, the world is going to introduce us and keep us reminded mm -hmm. of the bad, the negative, the disaster, mm -hmm. the trauma. I don't feel like we needed to bring that energy. But for you guys to know, I actually was sick for uh, more than two months with coronavirus. The first part of that, not really even knowing what it was. And it was a result of traveling mm. and being in this large conference with, I think, like 13,000 people, like really sick to the point where I thought your girl was out of here. I told you that yeah. I thought it was over. Yeah. Um, and so we're very aware of what's happening. 
but we still have to continue. We got to. We got to continue to work, right? And I know that I pray every day and we're covered and, and you pray and we're covered and y'all pray for us because we still have to work. Yeah. And we still have, uh, David and I are both, I know that you are, very, very purposeful. Yeah and very, very passionate about what we do. And so sometimes instead of saying, oh, you're irresponsible, you're doing this, mm-hmm. maybe take the position of, wow, they care that much to continue yeah. to crank out this there's, content. You know, there's always danger in doing the work, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, think about the people who were, um, your Martin Luther Kings, it was dangerous to go out there in the midst of heavy racism mm-hmm. and go out and preach a message of black empowerment. Yeah. And for Malcolm X to stand on a street corner, that's, it's dangerous doing the work. I mean, Paul in the Bible is dangerous doing the work. So I don't I don't care. There's not going to be a a virus, some sort of restriction. I don't know that's gonna stop me from doing the work. Because yeah. this is if this is the work that I'm to be doing, I'm protected. Mm-hmm. Now you all can live in fear and give it an excuse of why you can't do the work that's going to help thousands and millions of people but i just i don't live under those restrictions yeah so y'all do what y'all do and we'll be right here doing the work we'll keep bringing you guys the positivity we want everybody to stay safe yo i haven't i haven't been able to hug my mom since february Mm. i haven't been i sent her on a trip for her birthday at the end of february uh we went on a trip at the end of february through march i came back i was sick um my mom and I live in the same condo building. She's mm-hmm. just a couple of flights away from me. And she would literally, my mom. Sorry. she would literally have to, I was, I couldn't take care of myself. And my mom would literally fix me food and leave it outside my condo door. And I would have to get to that door. However, I got to that door to get the food, but I have not hugged my mom since her birthday. Right. Mm. So I understand all the risk that's here. You know, my mom, I will literally go to her condo and I'll be all the way down the hall, like 50 feet away. I'll get off at the elevator and I'm like, I just need to see your face, mm-hmm. right? She's masked up, I'm masked up. And so we're being told, we're being cautious. You know, on the flip side of that, I live in a, I live in a condo building. And so I'm going to encounter somebody on the elevator. Yeah. And if I have to encounter somebody on the elevator to go outside and walk my dog and I have to walk past people to go outside and walk my dog, I gotta work. Yeah. Right? You can't you can't pick and choose where you may pick something up, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That that'll make you sick. Um, but we encourage you all to continue to practice what you think is necessary. Um, typically social dis- socially mm-hmm. distanced. We still go out in public, uh, masked up and and do our thing. Um, and we hope that this virus goes away, this pandemic goes away soon. Yeah. We hope that it goes away soon. But um, it doesn't look like that, that that's the case. No. And so what do we do? What, what do you do? What do you suggest you <laughs> people who work. have to work do? Um, anyway, so this is it. So we're going to continue to don't don't ever think that we're not aware of the the election that's coming up. Yeah. We don't we don't want to talk about that. Right. <laughs> don't think that we're not a, we're not aware of the social injustice that's happening. I go ham on social injustice on my social media page. I am all for it. Right. Um, I, well, I'm all about it. I'm, and I'm, I'm so focused on it so many times. Like I was so emotional over the summer. I, it was hard for me to work. Yeah. I'm dealing with coronavirus and then all of the stuff that's happening, you know, with George Floyd and, yeah. and just all the tragedy. 
And so if you want to see me express my thoughts about those things, politics and coronavirus and social injustice, go to my stories on Instagram. Yeah. It's there. Yeah. Well, we're going to keep it here as little. We're going to bring it here as, 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 as little as possible because we want to be talking to those of you who are at home, who are protecting yourselves and saying, hey, I'm quarantined and I need a way out. I need yeah. encouragement. I need inspiration and motivation to do something. This is this is for you. So yeah. you can you can do it. We, we sure. can't be stuck or you'll be you'll be stuck. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. We're going to do a live event. Maybe. Not, yeah. We're going to do a live event. We're going to do a live event, and it. we're going to have some some social distancing Absolutely. Uh, in place for that. Look, we're cautious, and we are yep. not foolish. Um, and and that is that, y'all. That is that was. This is that's a good it. episode, that was good. Shan. Good episode, guys. Was it a good, good. episode? Okay. Y'all okay. have any questions? <laughs> so, um, this is what we do on Patreon. This would be the, this would be the Patreon yeah. part. So I'm in this really weird space right now. And the space is the... Talk as loud as you can. So I'm in this really weird space right now. And the space is like entrepreneurship and the nine to five. I love, I have a passion for what I do, but I don't like the job of it. But the thing is now I've been around so many entrepreneurs for the past, when it's, ever since I met David, that's all I've been around. Like that's all my friends have become. That's all I talk about. So it's like, I want to become like, you know, it's crazy that y'all talk about mental health because I want to become a therapist. And I'm in school right now and I want to quit my job, but also need the experience that the job gives. And it's killing me inside because I hate going to the job. I love what I do, but hate going to the job. Where do you find that happy medium? Being that one, you both haven't had jobs in years. It's like, where do you like, what do you kind of find that happy people say, okay, either settle down or find peace in entrepreneurship that you love doing as well and make it make sense? That make, that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, from what I'm hearing, one issue that can be happening is you're not clear about what the vision is. Maybe not clear about it. So... I used to hate going to my job until I realized I wasn't going to be there long because my plan was working out the way I thought it was going to work. Yo, I'm, I'm selling T-shirts while I'm working my job, and I would love to go to the job because I knew I was getting money, and at the end, I was going to buy T-shirts. So if once you really start to own where you are and appreciate where you are and have a clear vision of where you're going, going to the job wouldn't be as um, frustrating because you know it's a part of it. Like people don't say, yo, I hate going to class because you know, yo, I'm, I'm gonna go to class, I'm gonna like do my work and I'm gonna get a job soon, right? You, you might not wanna do the work of it, but you feel accomplished because this is a part of the process, right? You feel good. I only got a senior year left. I, freshman, sophomore, junior, it's senior year, let's go. And you're not gonna like every class, but you're gonna have a sense of it's almost over. And that's that's crazy because that's where I feel like I feel like I'm in senior year, yeah. and I've gotten senioritis. But you need that you need that vision, and the plan needs to. If your plan your plan needs to be working out perfectly right now. So in my head, when I was working at the Cheesecake Factory, this the plan is working, and I was just excited because it's only a few hours out of your day to be a part of that plan. 
and eventually it's going to work out to you getting to the goal. So, so I would say um, you can't love what you do and hate the job of it. Mm. <laughs> what a bar. <laughs> what a bar that was. Seriously. You can't love what you do and hate the job of it. Um, you said a couple of things, right? That leads me to believe that there's a deeper rooted issue. Because it sounds like what you want to do will ultimately be what you're doing for work, right? But for yourself. And when you're doing that, you're going to be doing the job of it. The execution is the job of it. What you don't like is something associated with the place that you work at. Yeah, that's different, right? That's different. And so you have to isolate, you have to identify what that is. For me, I hate it clocking in more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hated to be reprimanded for running a few minutes late. I, you know, I just felt, I felt controlled. I felt powerless. I felt like a child who would be in trouble if I had a responsibility to handle mm-hmm. that would cause me to be a few minutes late. So I hated that. But I want the job of this for myself, and I want. But what I learned was, um, I have to be more accountable to the job of it now than I ever was at the workplace. And so separate what you do from the workplace. And one of the things that are going to help you to shift is to show gratitude for your job. No, seriously. Like so many entrepreneurs are like, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Well, if you hate it, then quit. And then they're going to say, but I can't quit because I need the income. Well, if you need it, then be grateful. Mm. If you need it and you have it, Be grateful, right? Because without it, doing this for yourself is probably not as tangible as you would like for it to be. That income is being directed in the the places that it needs to go to to help you do this job, the job of it for yourself. So I would then just totally eliminate. You never say again, I hate it. Never, ever say that again. Instead, you know what? I understand that I'm in my senior year. I'm in fourth quarter. I'm in the fourth quarter. I'm in senior year. And I am so grateful that right now I get to get a paycheck to fuel and fund my entrepreneurship journey. It's a shift in language that you have to have. And then that's going to shift your thoughts. And then that's going to ultimately shift your feelings about it. And I'm not telling you to pretend like you then love this job. You don't have to love it, but you're grateful And every day now, wake up and say, you know what? I'm in the fourth quarter, and today I get to work another day to take another paycheck to put toward this dream. For sure. I love it. I love it. There it is. We got to wrap this thing up. We got to Um, go. But we're going to do this again. Oh, for sure. We're back in a couple of days because we're going to crank this out. So do we know when Donnie and David edition is dropping? Um, I, I, I I want to start releasing twice a week, man. Let's plan it out. If, as long as we as long as we can start stockpiling this joint, yeah. Make bet. sure you you're on time next time. All right, y'all. <laughs> this episode, as always, is sponsored by the Morning Meetup. Join the only community where entrepreneurs gather. What's today? Thursday. Today is Thursday. Oh, 
Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Cool. The morning meetup. Um, Donnie is going to be on. You going to be on next week? I'll be on next okay, week. Okay, cool. Donnie will be on next week. Um, yeah. The morning meetup, the only community where we come together as a community and we grow, we network with each other, we learn, we experience, um, you know, we're, we're able to see someone go from not having a business to having a business, not making money, to making money. Um, people that are in your backyard, they're connecting, people are getting together and, and, and starting businesses together. Some people talk about bringing the community together. We actually bring the community together. So go to themorningmeetup.com and enroll. Okay, just try it out. It's only a dollar. It's only a dollar. Try it out. So we'd love to have you. Donnie, close us out. And you guys know that if, or maybe you don't know, uh, if you are looking for help uh, starting or developing your business to six figures or whatever your goal is, and you are looking for a coach, you're looking for programs, you're looking for some answers, I am your girl. You can find me on Instagram. The link is going to be somewhere on the video. And I have a ton of resources for you there in my bio. Or you can go straight to sixfigureedu.com and check out some free training that I have there and connect with me on that level. It has been amazing. And I can't wait to be back in this seat. Oh, one last thing. We are also going to be bringing entrepreneurs in. Um, So if you are in the Atlanta area or you can make it to the Atlanta area uh, for now, just for now, send you check your DMs. Yeah. Send me a DM. Do my best. <laughs> Send me a DM at Donnie Wiggins underscore and let me know that you are a new entrepreneur or an aspiring entrepreneur who has questions. So just like Javon, you may want to pick our brains and we are uh, we are dedicating podcast sessions to talking directly to um, entrepreneurs who are probably in a place where many of you are that's watching this. And so it can be really great feedback for you. Mm-hmm. Send me a DM and we'll get you here in the hot seat. Um, if your business or your idea is, uh, qualifies and that's it. Right. See you guys that's later good. next Peace. time. Bye. You can probably treat yourself to an ad free upgrade or at least grab an extra latte after getting a chime checking account with features like fee free overdraft up to $200 with spot me, no minimum balance requirements and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com slash goals 24. That's chime.com slash goals 24. Chime feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards.